Good morning. What a morning. I've never seen anything quite like this morning. Nick Saban retired. Pete Carroll fired. And now Bill Belichick fired in New England? (laughs) What does all this mean? Never, ever before have we seen so many potential big names on the coaching job market, pro and college. We got Belichick. We got Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh, Mike Brabel. Now what does Raiders owner Mark Davis do about hiring Antonio Pierce full-time? Would Jerry Jones consider Belichick if Mike McCarthy loses this Sunday? And who replaces Saban? Would Alabama have the foresight to come after Deion Sanders and Shadur Sanders? They should. We'll soon get to all of the above. And Richard Sherman will join me in just a few minutes from Seattle to go deeper and deeper and deeper into Pete Carroll, whom he played for, of course. But first, Belichick who is, quote-unquote, parting ways with Robert Kraft. Good morning to Michael Irvin. Good morning to Keyshawn Johnson. Hey. How are you? Good, man. All right. Welcome back. Keyshawn, why don't you kick us off here? Did Robert Kraft make a mistake here? There was no mistake made. In in your opening uh, monologue there, Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned the word fired, right, in terms of Bill Belichick. Some say fired, like you. And then some say mutually parting of the ways. Mm-hmm. They, and, I, and I believe that's the part. If you go back to the earlier in the week when we were having these conversations, what did I say to you, Skip? I said, hey, they'll probably come to some sort of an agreement that will allow Bill to go on about his business unless he decides that, hey, maybe I bring somebody in from the outside to help me yep. from a personnel standpoint if they could come to that agreement, maybe he stays. Otherwise, mm. there are those opportunities that you just mentioned about yep. all the head coaching vacancies yep. available because what he is going to do is he's going to coach. He's going to coach football. Okay. 71 years old, which it, it you know, which is not young but not old for a guy like this with all the energy and all of the up in terms of <clears> things. <throat> Robert, Robert, Mr. Kraft could not and would not just flat out fire Bill Belichick. It okay, just but you're, you're presupposing that Bill would want to leave, right? I mean, well, do you think I he think, wanted to I, stay? I think he wanted to try to figure out if there was a way to make things work. Uh, and, and that's why they met on Monday. That's why he was gone on Tuesday. Then they met again on Wednesday. And then everything was handed down, apparently, you know, within the last 24 hours or so about the decision to just go ahead, you go your way, I'll go my way and give others opportunity to be a head coach, potentially Gerard Mayo in this situation. I don't think that there is any. First of all, they're going to have a press conference together at noon Eastern time, which right, which I hate because they get we get right off the air at that point in time. But they're going to have a joint press conference. Yep. Usually in these situations, if there was some sort of, you know, disdain or mm-hmm. adversary relationship yep. or problem, you wouldn't see the owner and the head coach sitting side by side. They would have. You know, the, the, the head coach who was fired will issue his press conference, and the owner might have his press conference along with his son, and they may talk about the future moving forward. But, no, it was not a mistake by Mr. Kraft or Belichick. At some point in time in life, things do run out. You get burned out. It's the same routine over and over and over again. It doesn't mean that they don't love each other. It just means the working relationship has to go in another course. Mm. Okay, Michael. Let's historically place 
this Thursday, January 11th, hmm. 2024. I almost went for so funny. I almost said 2023 when I first got here this morning, but it's really 2024. And let's place this historically correct. We are talking about in the last 24 hours, two of the greatest dynasties. No, no, no. The two greatest dynasties, or two of, Miami will get mad at me, two of the greatest dynasties ever, ever displayed, ever seen, ever had a chance to be witness, and we witness it. Bill Belichick and what he produced in New England, Nick Saban and what he did with Alabama, and both leaving within 24 hours. This is an historic day. We'll talk about it yeah. in a lot of ways. We'll talk about it in a lot of context and all of that and a lot of conversations around it. But let's make sure we remember the base of what we're seeing here. This is, we, we will look back on this moment and say, man, I was really living. I saw that as people talk about the history of these two men and, and, and some of these other men that we are talking about today, but more primarily Bill Belichick and Nick Saban in the different sports. It's so funny, too, because they ran together. I mean, they're good friends. Their times were equal, were the yep. same times that they dominated. The dynasties were the same time. And they walked away within 24 hours from said dynasties. Now, maybe Bill Belichick could go on and coach. But we got to mark this day. We have to remember this day, man. And I'm telling you, a lot of us are thinking about it and saying, man, I can believe I witnessed that because you may never see this again. You may never see what Bill Belichick just did with the New England Patriots again. It's going to be very difficult as we move towards what is now the landscape of the NFL to do what Bill Belichick has done. So, so, so this is historic, historic in every context. Did they make the right decision? Yes. Yes, they made the right decision because it had run its course. All things run their course, you know. To get 20 years in the NFL is incredible. You know, you usually, you, at the most, you got six, seven, eight, ten if you're lucky. 20, never, never, and Bill Belichick got it. So we got to honor him and give it to him and honor him the right way for, for, for what he's accomplished. But absolutely, right now, moving towards this new NFL, moving towards these new players, it was time to make a move with the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. Now, I've talked about this. Bill is still a great defensive coach. You saw his team this year hold teams to under 10 points in games. They still lost those games. You get Bill in the right situation. I say you got to put him in a situation where he's already a quarterback and already an offensive system, and you get him back to what he used to do, just doing, just, just as a head coach, but you just take care of that defense. And then Bill can still do some winning and maybe even chase that 328 uh, that, he's, that he's chasing, Skip. Okay. Allow me this. I don't want to come across this morning like I'm, quote, unquote, dancing on Bill's grave because there's no grave here. He's still a relatively young man, right. and I'm sure he'll have lots of opportunities to coach wherever he chooses to coach. We will get to all that as this show unfolds. But I'm not this morning going to back off what I've been saying about Bill for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. When you guys revere him and honor him 
and elevate him as the greatest coach ever. I just can't go there. I've given both of you greatest defensive mind ever, greatest defensive coordinator ever. But when it comes to being the greatest head coach, I still say in New England, he was in large part a product of Tom Brady. 75% of the credit I gave from the start to Tom, 25% to Bill. I'm not giving him zero. I'm giving him 25%. But if you look hard at Bill's resume, he was in Cleveland as the head coach, and he had losing seasons three out of four, and then he got fired. And then he goes to New England, and he had a losing season, and he lost his first two games. And then you know what happened. Tom Brady fell out of sixth round heaven into his lap, and history happened. And it happened, and it happened, and it happened. And six Super Bowls happened, although all six were won with fourth quarter overtime game-winning drives by Tom Brady. All right. So then the moment they pushed Tom out the back door, and I still believe they pushed him out the back door because they thought he was done, and he obviously wasn't. He proved him wrong in Tampa. But the moment they pushed him out the back door, the slide began. And you can just trace it to that pivotal seminal watershed moment. No Tom Brady, no more hope in New England. And they slide slowly into the sunset all the way to this year, four and 13. And I'm pretty sure we can all agree it wasn't going to get better next year. And we can talk all about Bill had total control. So he was running both draft free agency and he would swing and miss way too often. And not only did they fall to four and 13, but I can make a case that of the now available NFL jobs on the market, this is the worst one because the cupboard is pretty bare. I, I, I don't see a lot there. Maybe there's a couple pieces on defense, but, man, I don't see a lot. And will they elevate Gerard Mayo, which has been widely speculated? Is Mike Vrabel still in the mix, maybe, to replace Bill Belichick? Maybe. But the point is, when you look at the biggest picture, Bill Belichick, is 13 games under 500 as a head coach without Tom Brady. So now I say buyer beware on the open market because are you sure you're going to get a slam dunk, no doubt, turn my program around head coach? I, I just don't hey, know. Skip. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Skip, I, 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 will, I will say, you know, when you, when you say, okay, you look at it and you say when Tom left, the slide begins. If you're going to deduct that in Bill's account, then you must also make a deposit when the rise began. And when he took the draft, Tom didn't walk on New England Patriots. It wasn't a walk-on. So Tom didn't decide, you know what? I'm going to pick New England. No. Bill decided we're going to draft Tom. And, 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 he, and he said, I'm going to give Tom this opportunity because I've prepared Tom for this opportunity. And the rise began. You want to say the slide began when he left. You got to give the rise began when Bill Belichick made the decision to All sit right. down Drew Bledsoe and put in Tom yep. Brady and give Tom Brady the opportunity. He didn't do it too early. He didn't do it too late. He did it perfectly just right, and it coincided. That's why I always say it's hard to separate these two because Tom, as great as he is, if he didn't have the discipline around him so in order for his greatness to do what it does, he wouldn't have been who he is or he would not be who he is. What is Tom Brady? Tom Brady won games 
in the last minute of football games. That's what made him great. He played great down the stretch. You know what else is important down the stretch? Everybody not jumping off sides, us not yep. getting holding oh, calls, I, I us making sure we stay. All of that, Bill Belichick was in charge of. He yes, was. Yes, Tom did his part. But Bill Belichick was in part of a big part in keeping all of them brothers and everybody focused on football. I'm telling you, Richard Seymour is a great friend. I love him, man. Yep. All of Famer. I used to see Seymour before a game, and I'd say, hey, what's up, man? Like, mm -mm, mm -mm, hey, mm -mm, hey. I said, man, you, you can't say hi. Man, hey, coach over there, I'll focus. You know, coach was serious. That, you, hey, that's, that's Bill Belichick. He created that atmosphere for Tom to strive and thrive. That's all I'm saying. You got to right. give him credit. But, but it, it's not just Tom, okay? There's other players on the team, sure. man. Yeah. And, and like you say, Michael, you have to get everybody on the same page, as famously as Bill would say, do your job. Everybody, do your job. from the Willie McGinnises all the way to the outside cover guys in Ty Law, to the back in Lawyer Malloy, okay, to Damon Woody on the offensive line. They, you... Tom Slater, Brady, the, the, just retired, Matthew just, Slater. I can go he Slater. He those guys into great players. I right. can go Slater. I can go Troy Brown. I can go Amendola. I can go all. Right. I can just. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not talking about players that are going to go uh, other than the ones that went into the Hall of Fame. The skill position players aren't going into the Hall of Fame. They're good players right. in a good situation. But to be able to recognize that those players that we bring in, whether it's via free agency, the undrafted free agency, late round picks, that they fit exactly what it is that I need to be successful and to make my quarterback successful. And then Skip, you talk about his record. That man is 302 and 165 career record. I don't care about when Tom Brady left in the slide. They, when they lost to Tennessee at home in that playoff game, it wasn't just Tom. They didn't have any players across the board. They were not a good football team. And then they, re then they didn't replace some of those guys that eventually left. So over the last couple of years, they just haven't done a good job of getting players in there. Defensively, defense is still solid and sound. There's no question about it. But the rotation of offensive minds, and now you get Josh McDaniels gone, and then you bring in Bill O'Brien, but you draft Mac Jones because mm -hmm. Nick Saban tells you he can potentially be a quarterback to kind of give you the same Tom Brady-ish style of play. The league changed to some degree. You got to remember, Bill signed Cam Newton, okay, because they realized that the game was kind of headed in that direction. The Cam stuff blew up. So he went back to what he thought he knew, which is, I want to dink and dunk and play defense. But the quarterback didn't never mature. Part of it was Belichick's fault by hiring Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to run the offense instead of just bringing back Bill O'Brien instantly and allow him to do the job. Now you say, buyer beware. What are you talking about? He's at the top of the leaderboard. Is he really? Oh, yes. He'll be at the top well, of the leaderboard. I, I'll be on record he, he, he'll right be at the top front. of the leaderboard. The last well, guy well, I well, want well, to see well, in well, Dallas well, okay. is Bill right. Belichick. He, I don't well, want to see I don't know him. that he wants right. to go to Dallas. Right. I'm just right. talking about right. in, in terms right. of right. head right. coaches. Right. Yeah. He's going to be at the top of the leaderboard. Out of all the names that you mentioned at the top of the show, 
He's going to be number one. Okay, just I can remember I said guarantee this. you that. Just remember I said this. Buyer, beware. What Arthur, are you Arthur what, Blank, what, what, beware. What, beware of what? Okay, look at this. Look at the Super Bowl wins. Look at this. You, 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 you just buy into the myth because you know him and you like him, and I get that. By the way, a lot of those New England writers I know and a lot of the TV guys I know, they don't like him. They don't think he's a very good guy. You know they why they don't like difficult. him? You know, you know why they don't? I was about to say yeah. that. You, you took the words yeah. right out of my mouth. Yeah. They don't like him because he doesn't succumb to them. Yeah. He doesn't bow down. He, does, right. he just does it his way. And, okay. and, and it's hard to accept. So, okay, look what Tom Brady pulled off. Right. He had Randy Moss for a minute, just for a minute. But mm -hmm. the rest of it, right. it's a lot of Edelman's and Amendola's and Troy that's Brown's. Am I right? But that's okay. the system. Right. Yes. It's the system. Well, he right. was the system to right. me. He, the Patriot way was Tom Brady. And I've heard from so many players I worked with at ESPN, so many ex-Patriots, that they got so sick and tired of Bill because he coaches, as you know. He yes. chip off your block yes. and Bill's block. But he coaches hard. Nine, and, and nine appearances in a Super Bowl, right. Skip. Right. Six and, wins and two, because okay. of that. And two losses because oh. of Bill Belichick. <laughs> what happened in the first Eli Super Bowl? Tom Brady did what Tom Brady always did. He drives them down with two minutes left. He hits Randy Moss yes. with a touchdown pass that puts them up 14 to 10. So now the, the Giants needed a touchdown. They don't need just a field goal. They need a touchdown. And what does Eli do? He drives 75 yards for a touchdown on Bill's defense and cost Tom another Super Bowl. Am I right about that? That, that happened. Yes. I saw it. But then as Eli did it a few times, but he got paid plenty times. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But not only Eli that, got but, him twice. But not only that, <laughs> not only that, when you talk about certain things with Bill Belichick, like Michael said, Skip, if you're going to take money out of the account, make sure you deposit okay. some in like you're doing. All right. Now you point to those Super Bowls, I can point to the two greatest shows on turf. Two of them. The first Rams greatest show on turf, how did that work out? Boy, yeah. And then the one recently Boy, yeah. with Sean McVay. How did that work out with yeah. the greatest show on turf? That was in Jared all Goff. Points. I'm not sure that was the greatest show on turf. <laughs> you, 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 don't like, you don't like Jared Goff. No, I like Jared Goff. Oh, no, Jared stop Goff. It. I like Jared Goff. Oh, that's I like not it. what I no, no, heard. No, no, I like Jared Goff. That's a that's a dang on lie. I it like Jared not? Goff. No, I like Jared Goff. I like Jared Goff. Okay. Hey. What about the other Super Bowl? What about the Philly Super Bowl? Bill Belichick inexplicably and mysteriously benches Malcolm Butler, who played the most snaps during the year on defense well, for the whole game. Right. For the whole game. For a and, and what happens? They give up 41 to the Eagles yes. backup quarterback. 41 points. And Tom throws for an all-time playoff record, 505 yards, it, and hangs 33 on a very good Philly defense. And loses 41 to 33. And you're going to defend Bill Belichick then, on that but one? Then, but then here's what I would say about that. Uh, I, this, I don't this, know this what is the only thing. Butler situation. Right. I have and, no and, idea. And that surprised me. Zero. Let me tell you why this that, Let me tell you why that moved. And, and I, I, I'll share this. Yeah, why that surprised me. I I know how close Belich Coach Belichick and, and Coach Johnson is. I, I know how close they are. Yeah. And 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 it, that was the Super Bowl. And Skip, you may remember we had a player miss a meeting in, in, in our in our last Super Bowl was Super Bowl thirty. Miss a meeting and Jimmy and Belichick a lot alike. You miss meetings, you don't play. 
That's it. I never no heard about a missed meeting, ask. and Tom Brady defended oh. Malcolm on Instagram. Whoa, whoa. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, and I'm not talking about Malcolm. I, I, yeah. I was talking about okay. I was talking about our Super Bowl when, right. when we had a okay. player missed meeting, and Jimmy, the whole room, I'm just the whole room was so afraid because we needed this player, we need him. Sure, and he had missed the meeting. He's a very important player, and the whole room was so scared. Like, oh my God, we got to play without this guy. I'll never forget Jimmy coming in the room. And, and and everybody's quiet. And Jimmy said, we know the rules. <laughs> we abide by the rules. That's yeah. how we get here. That's how we that's how we belong here. Uh, uh, and, and it was our second Super Bowl. And then he said, it's in Atlanta. He said, he said, you miss meetings, you don't play. Mm. Room quiet. The room quiet. Mm. Everybody said, oh, my God. He said, but this week... It's different. It's the Super Bowl. We need it. And, and, and the room erupted. You know what I mean? So I would think, when I, I remember hearing it and saying, I wonder if he talked to Coach Johnson before he made that decision. Oh. Because Coach, I know Coach would have said, you win this game and you discipline him next week. You see what I'm saying? Because that would have been, he, so, so that surprised me that that happened. But, but, but Coach, you, you, you pulled that out. You, the discipline is what he was trying to instill, and I thought that was very important uh, in, 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 in the Patriots' way, the discipline mm -hmm. of how you play point. the game. You, you, oh. you talk about the 41 yeah. points, you talk about the discipline, you talk about everything, and you say if he would have done that, maybe they win the Super Bowl, cheated Tom Brady out another Super Bowl. But the design of the scheme and the understanding of the formation and understanding what Seattle was going to potentially run when they didn't run the football with Marshawn Lynch, yeah. You gonna tell me he gets no deposits on that at all? I do. No, I do. Yeah, so, my, my so, that's a good one, Keith. So uh, I, I, can, one. I can go he back and forth with you on all of this. By the yeah. way, in that Seattle, and we're about to talk about this this game, but in that Seattle Super Bowl in the fourth quarter, they're down twenty-four to fourteen. Yes. Brady throws for a hundred and twenty-four that, that, yards. That's his job. One twenty-four. That's, that's his job, though. Then he's doing it that, the way nobody's ever that's done. That's his job, just <laughs> like right. Belichick's job along with his defensive staff, is to recognize down what? and distant formation, what part of the right. field, how many times have they run this, to be able to now and tell Malcolm, Malcolm Butler, in hey, position if they to do win. this, yep. this is what I need you to do because right. this is what they're going to run. Mm -hmm. We practiced yep. this 100 times already. They did. Sniff it out. You got to right. give him credit, though. Okay. I Come do on, give him Skip. credit. And I'm fascinated to find out because if he takes, let's say, the Falcons' job, do you think that within three years he'll win a Super Bowl? That's going to be the big question because he's going to be on the, the clock, man. People are going to be watching. Okay, now you got out from under a sorry situation in New England. Can you go win a Super Bowl elsewhere? Tom did in his first year in Tampa. Am I right? He has some pretty good talent on that offense now. Yeah, it's a matter of finding the right quarterback yeah. in the situation. But I guarantee you with that kind of talent on offense, if he finds a good quarterback, and it doesn't have to be, you, you just find him a pretty good quarterback that won't make bad mistakes down the stretch, and he put a defense together, I bet he can get back in the hunt. All, All right. I'm going to do is say, the weather is nice in certain states. That's mm. all I'm going to say. Oh, so you're going to Chargers. I'm not saying anything all right. yet. Okay. Would you rather have Belichick or Jim Harbaugh? That's a good question. All right. Up next, stay right here because Richard Sherman's going to join me from Seattle to go deep on Pete Carroll. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Back down. 
I am now joined by my man Richard Sherman from Seattle to give you his insight into Pete Carroll. Richard, of course, played for Pete and Seahawks for seven seasons, won and unfortunately lost a Super Bowl with Pete. So, Richard, scale of one to ten, how surprised were you to hear that Pete is no longer the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks? It's always a ten. It's always a 10 when, yeah. you, when you fire a head coach after a, another winning season. Obviously, they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, they had some unfortunate losses, but you never expect them to make a move like this at a time like this. You know, it's been a pretty stable franchise throughout yeah. his entire uh, career there. And so for them to move on from him without any obvious success or, or any really awful season or, or anything like that is kind of surprising but it seems like ownership wanted to move in that direction he was seen caught off guard by it it's really sad day for the city of seattle it's a sad day for the nfl for you know one of the legends of the game obviously he and bill belichick um parting ways from their respective teams in the same day or the same week mm. is is insane but it's insane <sighs> I, I, you know, he's meant so much to this city and the, the, the way he's changed the culture of not only the team, but the city, the outlook of this team. When we first got there, when he first got there, not a lot of people were thinking of Seattle. Not a lot of it wasn't a big NFL market. No. Um, and there weren't a lot of people talking about, it. you know, they had went to the, the, the Super Bowl against Pittsburgh. But people were thinking about it as, as South Alaska yeah. when I was there, when we first got there. And no. by the time. You know, now people think about it as a destination. Guys want to go there. Guys wanted to come play for Pete Carroll. Guys wanted to play on that defense, the, the legendary defense that we had, the legendary runs we went on. Um, it was it was an awesome time. It was an incredible time. You know, one of the only coaches to win a national championship and a Super Bowl. It's 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 been a fun ride to be a part of. It's been a fun ride to watch as a kid. Growing up in L.A., watching the USC Trojans yep. make those runs, getting recruited by Pete Carroll um, when I'm, you know, high school's junior, senior, going to the, the camp. So, you know, I've had a relationship with Pete for almost 20 years now. So it's, it's, it's really an emotional day to see it all come to an end like that. Richard, what was it like when you gathered at your restaurant with, with Cam Chancellor, obviously, the one you own, your ex-teammates, Pete, some of the ex-coaches now, former assistants. What was that gathering like yesterday? Uh, it was it was it was incredible. You know, I, it was it was a lot of emotion. Even some of the current players came: Quandre Diggs, DK, Tyler, um, Charles Cross, uh, uh, uh There were a lot of guys. Julian Love. Wow. Um, there were a lot of guys that came by to show their respects. Obviously. Uh, the veteran guys, Bobby came by, Russell flew into town uh, to stop by and to show his respects to Pete, uh, Sidney Rice, Doug Baldwin, Jermaine Curse. There were a ton of guys, and it was just, it was it was a love fest. You know, it was giving a lot of love. It was Pete, you know, giving some of his his speeches and his jokes and his, his the, the, the things that he says all the time, some of the, the stories that he tells. And it was it was hilarious because you could hear guys quoting almost word for word the stories. And this, this is young guys. This is older guys. This is guys, guys that he coached 10 years ago or guys that he coached this year. And it, was, it really just showed the impact that he's made on so many young men, um, the style that he's had, the love that he has from his guys, from his players. 
Uh, his wife was there. You know, she felt the love, I think, from everyone. And I think it was a it, it was a fitting moment. You know, it was kind of last minute put together. They called, wanted to, to all get together. And guys showed up for him on a Wednesday night in the middle of the week. Um, he's a guy that people show up for. And, I mean, obviously, Russell flew into town for to be able to share this moment um, of closure with Pete and the guys. Tears shed? Oh, no question. It was, it was tears. It was hugs. There were laughs. There, were, there, there, there was a little bit of fussing. There was talking about old memories, old times, old games, um, old jokes in the locker room, uh, old meetings, you know, things. You know, there's so much history there. Yeah. So there were so many conversations. Um, but the one thing that was evident was that he wasn't done. Really? Interesting. So yeah. he does yeah, want to coach like again, done. be a head coach in the National Football League. He wants to be a head coach in the National Football League, and I, I got a feeling if one of these teams called and interviewed him, he'd be a hard one to pass up because of the way he runs his program. I mean, I couldn't, the, you know, call me crazy, Skip, but if the Los Angeles Chargers called yeah. Pete Carroll, that would be a match made in heaven Great point. for a number of reasons. Yeah. But he would get more butts in that stadium than they've had in the history of them being in L.A., which has been a short amount of time. Yeah. He'd change the culture of that program. He would. He'd get these guys playing a way that they haven't played, especially defensively. He'd bring the coaches in. He'd bring the community together. And that's the, the spot I would like him to see, like to see him. But I don't think he's done coaching. I think I expect to see him coaching somewhere else. Um, in the near future if, if he wants to. By the way, I just had a quick conversation with Keyshawn off air. I just threw out Carolina could do worse than Pete Carroll. I'm just throwing out if, if nobody wants Pete, but you, you brought up a home run situation with the Chargers. But, hey, Carolina, I, I'm just saying, if, if you want somebody to come in and turn your program around, and obviously Pete dealt with a smaller, shorter quarterback in Russ, and now he would do the same with Bryce. I'm, I'm just throwing this out. There are several jobs. We could probably make a case for Pete at, at four or five places. No question. Yeah. No question. He's that type of coach. And and I, I think, you know, it's just unfortunate. Um, I think the fans kind of, you know, at least the loudest ones, you know, I think the, the, for the most part they've been pretty supportive of Pete. They love Pete. Uh, understand he's the greatest coach to ever grace this franchise, one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. But, you know, the the, the noise got too loud for ownership, I think. I think it got too much, and, and, and they wanted to, to try something new. I think it's going to be a situation, unless they get the perfect candidate, unless they get like a Dan Quinn to come right in, and I think he would steady the ship pretty, pretty good, and, and they wouldn't lose a step, and the city would embrace him. The city loves Dan Quinn yep. and what he's done. But outside of that, I can't see a lot of guys coming in and being able to just step in and, and not miss a step and not take a step back from the culture and everything that Pete – was able to build in his 14 years in Seattle. Okay, and obviously Dan Quinn's the defensive coordinator in Dallas. Was his name brought up by the current players at the gathering last night? Did you hear some Dan Quinn talk? Not by the current players, but by, you know, the, the older players, the guys that have played for him. Okay. Um, and the guys, you know, and, and Pete kind of seemed like he, he might feel that way in a, in a way, but, you know, he's still obviously dealing with the shock of this decision. So we try, you know, you know, you try not to bring up things like that when he's, you know, to him at least. But um, there were definitely some conversations where, where guys think that would be the, the, the choice that they would make. Um, it would be the smart choice, I think, on, on, for a lot of reasons, for a plethora of reasons. Um, and I think it'd be the choice that Dan 
what would feel most comfortable with. I think this is a, it would be a home run for both sides. Obviously, you don't want to have to lose Pete to make it happen. But no. if you have to lose Pete to bring Dan in, I think a lot a lot of people would feel more comfortable with that than uh, okay. a lot All of right. other guys. So, so, Richard, you were close to Pete. Sometimes you guys clash because it, it always happens. But the, the point is, right. I, I need you now to explain to people to to define what was it like to play for Pete Carroll? Who, who was he? What was he as your head coach? Um, <laughs> if you've done martial arts, he was like your sensei. He was like your master. He's like the guy that, that unlocks the greatest potential in guys in ways that are unique and, and out of the ordinary. You know, you, you would think if you came into the building at times during my time there, music's blasting. If you walked into a team meeting, you might see music blasting, guys shooting shots on a basket, you yeah. know, keeping score. You might see Pete playing one-on-one against one of the players. And you may think, man, how is this guy running this program? And these guys are about to go 0-16, 0-17, whatever the case may be. But it's the way he talks to his players individually, how he cares, how he checks on them how he talks to them during games, during practices, mm. wanting to understand what they're going through, what they're thinking, what they're seeing out there. It's the moments and times where you push and pull, where you poke and prod, yeah. where you go into the meetings, where you have a routine, where you, you know, you have the, the tell the truth Mondays, um, the turnover Thursdays, uh, the, the, the get it right, you know, per- perfection on Fridays. Um, you got the walkthrough on Saturdays. You got the, the moments the, the stories, the things that guys get used to when you go to, to meetings in training camp and going over goal line, the DBs know he's going to come in there and make you solemnly swear that you won't get beat deep on a short yardage play. I mean, it's every year. It's a guy that really takes every level of his team seriously. Mm-hmm. He takes it all to heart, and he goes out there and makes sure that he is in tune and in line with everything that's going on and every person that is on his team. He has a story. He has a relationship with every single person on the staff, every single player on the team. And so when you go out there and a guy rolls the ball out and he says, best man is going to play, I don't care if you're a first rounder or undrafted, and you send out 53 guys, Mm. then you walk out on on game day with the best 22 most times. And that's the culture that he built. And that's why we were so special. Man, that was a beautiful breakdown. So I have to ask, did last night – the flashpoint moment come up occasionally. Did you talk at all about the Malcolm Butler play that cost you that Super Bowl? <laughs> Skip, that was not part of uh, the, 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 dinner, the dinner table conversation. Uh, not this time, at least. I mean, usually it comes up. I think it's just too much of an emotional day already yeah. on Pete and his family. <laughs> you know, you know, want to bring up stuff like that. That's going to that's trigger him even more. Um, you know, it won't be the last conversation we have. It won't be the last time we break bread. I'm sure we'll talk about it in the future. Um, we've talked about it repeatedly. I've interviewed him and talked about it. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those plays that you'll never forget, that'll, never, that'll live in infamy. Um, one of those decisions I think he'll say, you know, he, he, he'd make again. But, I, you know, in reality, I don't think he would because of the result, because of the situation. Um, but it is what it is at this point. You know, this was one of those moments you just try to try to think about the good times, remember the good times, hug him, love him, try to try to uh, embrace him, try to uplift him. Yeah. And that's what we did. And just for your sake, what is your lingering memory about that play, about that play call? 
Well, it's just unfortunate. It was unfortunate. It seemed like there was enough time, enough. Uh, we had a timeout. There was a ch- chance to just hand it to Marshawn and, and get the win. And I think, uh, you know, a situation we could have lived with and, and really slept good at night is if they, they we ran Marshawn three, four times and they stopped him all time, all three times, we went to sleep, shook hands, and went home and understood, hey, they, they got us. We, we put our best foot forward. Yeah. Um, and they were the better team that day. But when it, when it happened like it did, it left it leaves so much doubt. It leaves so much to, to chance yeah. and so many questions if, you, if, 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 if. And, you know, I'm not if Bayless, but, you know, it does leave some ifs for me too. It does. It, it does. <laughs> for once you are. And just for those who have forgotten, Russ had just, Russell Wilson had just hit uh, Jermaine Curse for 33 yards. So you had first and goal at the five, and you gave it to Marshawn for four yards. So now it's second and goal at the one with 26 seconds left. So still pretty good time left on the clock. And even though the analytics said that Marshawn during the season had only scored one time in five tries from the one-yard line, the, the momentum of the moment, the sort of eye test emotion of the moment would be, we'll just, <laughs> just give it to Marshawn again. He just got four yards, right? No question. No question. That would be, the, you know, the logic that everybody else would have been subscribing to. And maybe that's why Pete threw the ball, because he thought that everybody would be subscribing to that and they catch him by surprise. Um, yeah. But it was one of those plays that you, you, you wish you could have it back. I'm sure Russ wishes he could have it back. I'm sure Marshawn wishes he yeah. could have it back. Pete, everybody. Um, but at the end of the day, that's, that's the way history was written. Um, and I still think that, that Pete has a lot of coaching left to do. I think he yeah. still has lives left to change. Um, and I, I look forward to seeing if somebody gives him an opportunity uh, to, to do it again. All right. So as we sum this up, I look back at Pete's last three years in Seattle. So he has a 7-10 and 10 season, but then 9-8, and eight, did make the playoffs, got blown out by the 49ers. No shame there. Really good. And then this year, 9-8 and eight again and missed the playoffs. So did, did that merit or warrant getting fired in your estimation? I don't think so. You know, and that's the that's the problem. I don't think it merit getting fired. Um, you know, obviously you have the Bill Belichick deal out there in, in, in New England, and you just could see things kind of deteriorating, things going downhill, things getting worse year by year. Absolutely. I don't think you saw that in Seattle. I don't think you saw things deteriorating, getting worse year by year. I think they had some unfortunate losses. I think the two losses to the Rams were very tough because if they win either of those games, um, they're in the playoffs. But I think – this was was management just just really letting the outside noise get in um, the outside noise get to them. Uh, they they ignored it for a number of years. I thought in twenty one when you know there was the drama between Pete and Russ and, yeah. and which one do you keep, which one do you go? I thought you know maybe they make a decision then. But after going to the playoffs, you know having his team another winning season, you re- you rarely fire coaches after a, a winning season, especially legendary coaches one of the greatest coaches of your franchise. And I think no matter how it goes after this, you know, this will be a decision that people look back on and say, man, was, I, don't, I don't know if that was necessary. Well, especially if Pete goes somewhere else and wins big again, uh, it, it won't look so great for the current Seattle ownership slash management. So, Richard, no great job, beautiful insight. Appreciate you. Love you. We'll see you soon back here at the desk. And I know it's a tough day for you up in Seattle. Tough. It's tough. Appreciate you having me on, Skip. I appreciate you guys. 
uh, letting me give Pete his flowers today. You know, one of the greatest coaches to grace yeah. the NFL, a special human being, um, a culture changer, uh, uh, one of the legends in the NFL. And I'm, I'm grateful for my time in Seattle, and I'm sure all the other guys speak the same. Well said. That's Richard Sherman. Now we're about to talk about Nick Saban. How about Deion Sanders replacing Nick Saban? Got potential? We debate next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Fall back down. Man, talk about breaking news yesterday. Nick Saban suddenly, shockingly announced his retirement after 17 seasons and six national championships at Alabama on top of a seventh natty he won at LSU. So here's what Deion Sanders tweeted. Wow. College football just lost the GOAT to retirement. Wow. I I knew it would happen one day soon, but not this soon. The game has changed so much that it chased the GOAT away. College football, let's hold up our mirrors and say, honestly, what do you see? Man, Keyshawn, do you agree with Deion on why Coach Saban retired? And by the way, could you see Deion replacing Coach Saban? Well, let me answer the first one. All right. I totally get why Coach Saban retired. Coach Saban is a traditional football coach. He doesn't like a whole lot of changes. He likes everything to be a certain way so he can continue to win, continue to recruit a certain way. He likes certain quarterbacks and certain styles and linebackers, so on and so on. So when you start to think about the NIL, Mm -hmm. okay, he has always had depth, you know, for years. One leaves, another one just steps right in. One leaves, another steps right in. But now it doesn't work that way because that guy that you recruited and you told he would play – by the time he doesn't gets his sophomore year and he's playing half the snaps, yeah. he's like, man, I'm out of here. I'm out. Because right. he can just right. transfer. And on top of that, he can get more money. So you lose depth. When you're looking at these portals, a lot of that is depth. Star players don't leave teams. They just don't. It's the backups. It's the depth. And so you look at that, you lose it. Everybody's chasing the money. Now let's say about the Dion situation. Yep. You know, I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I said, could the people that run the university in Tuscaloosa, could they handle that? Could they handle that? Good question. That's the whole issue. Let's not get off the fact that it is the Deep South. Mm -hmm. It is Alabama. It is. Okay? It's not a situation where Dion is just a good football coach. He's a big personality that doesn't lend itself to a lot of people in certain regions. Mm. So I don't know if it makes all the sense in the world to, to, for Dion and Shadur them to go down there, follow Nick Saban. You mentioned six national titles, yeah. one at LSU, made seven, seven. To try to follow. That's a hard act to follow. Let some other fool do that. Let somebody else do that. <laughs> no, that's just real talk, though, Michael. Okay. Let somebody else follow that. It's just like the Belichick situation. You don't really want to follow that, even though it's a bad program in New England right now. You really don't want to follow it because everything you do is going to be compared to it. I know, but you don't think Dion could just right. step in there and keep it right on, keep it on? It's, it, I don't know. 
Why did Why did Nick leave? Nick left because he doesn't want to deal with certain situations. They're losing recruits, top recruits. There's guys in the portal. Now you're asking Dion to come and try to keep it all together and just like a machine? No, I, I know. But one guy that I would say that probably would be a really good fit is Lane Kiffin. That'd probably be a really good fit for them because yeah, he yeah. understands that whole Southeastern Conference well, region he, and he, Alabama. And he revived himself at Ole Miss, but he, he's got some baggage. I mean, he, he's against the grain, man. What he's, college coach doesn't have baggage? I, I could name a couple, but go ahead, Michael. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me talk through this a little bit because I, I find this to be very interesting. First of all, uh, when you talk about, you know, Nick Saban and what Dion said and how Dion talked about it, yes, absolutely the times changing has, has something to do with Nick Saban walking away. He talked about the NIL deals. The NIL deals made recruiting a little bit more level, we should say, just leveled them a little bit because now it's not the it's not the selling of the person in the program and and everything. It's actual money involved in it all. So yeah, yeah that changed. But I think I, I think what, what what makes a very very big difference now is how you gather those players. Now remember when I went to visit Dion, he told me I take this many players from high school. This minute from the portal. See, the portal has become now the main recruiting uh, tool. And, 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 and because you want to retool fast, so now you want players that are not happy other places and that you can plug and play right now. Now you grab a few that you got to grow, but in keep, or to keep that thing going, you want to go get players that have some experience that you can plug and play. What's in the portal? I talked to you guys about this before. What's in the portal are kids that have had some issues where they were or may have had attitude issues or problems or situations. That means they're coming in the portal. That's perfect for Dion because to Dion and guys like that, they, 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 who's a mentor that is coaching, that's his, that, that's his hunting ground. He can go and get those players. For somebody like Nick Saban, who's a coach that also has to mentor, that, that, that's, that, that's not such a hunting ground for him. He's used to superior athletes. He's used to bringing them in. He's used to riding them hard and telling them we're going to make you the best. This program is going to turn you into the best you can ever be. It's going to reach down inside your kid and pull out your king, and you'll have a great life holding on to all of these principles that the program give you moving forward. That's what his cell is. But now you got to go in and counsel kids now, even before you can start talking to them about a great future you gotta counsel them in the present and that's where Dion wins that's where he says hallelujah I'm great with being here and that's the part I think also see he says to Nick Saban this is this is changing I I used to be able to put a thumb on these players and ride them hard and I I respond to that so I'm not saying anything bad about anybody that's how I like to be coached but a lot of these players aren't taking that they're jumping in the portal they're not staying around so to that yes I believe Dion is absolutely right do I believe Dion would take the job absolutely not Absolutely not. That's Nick Saban's legacy. Dion ain't never followed. He, he has never followed the, the, the conventional path. The only way, the 
only way this happens, and I haven't talked to Dion. I did text him yesterday. <laughs> hadn't got back to me yet. And I know he'll text me back. He'll hit me yeah. today. But the only way this happens, I'll give it one way. If Nick Saban goes and sit down and talk to Dion himself, he respects him, he reveres him, he yeah. loves him that much. It'll have to be only Nick Saban saying, I need you to do this for me. That's the only way we get close to having that conversation. Mm. And obviously they've made a bunch of commercials together, so they've gotten close to right. all that. All right, right. Just, and, and, and yeah. what, what, what do you love? So think about it. These are two totally different opposite people. No, yeah. That's but they, what I'm but, saying. But they, yeah. they're, they're, so, they're so tight together. They're so tight together. You know, they, they, they are. So, yeah, if Nate went and talked to him, that, that, that could change him. Okay, so <laughs> full disclosure, I was actually texting with our man Lil Wayne before the show this morning. He broached the subject to me. He brought up that Dion and Shadur would belong at Alabama. Wayne would love to see that happen. Wayne is very close with Dion. He had not right. communicated with Dion about this, so don't, don't take it over the edge. But it was just Wayne's perspective. Wouldn't it be great to have Dion follow Nick in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? And, yep, it's the deepest south, and, and we get that. But yeah. Wayne's point was, could Dion be successful there? Because nobody's going to leave when Dion walks in the door. They're not going to hit the portal with right. Dion coming to town, right? right? No, so, they're they not, right, Skip, you know. but you got to just think about who Dion is. He's not going to change. He's not going to change. So oh, Lord, you no. went to Colorado-USC game with us. Did you see the sideline? Yeah. Yes, you did. I did. Could you imagine that sideline being in Tuscaloosa? No, the hell you can't. You, 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 could, you wait, wait, Key. Key, you couldn't imagine that sideline being in, in Boulder a couple years ago. You couldn't have imagined. No, I no could. way you would have no, no. thought about it being in Boulder. No, 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 no. The reason, the reason I say this though, and I look at the Boulder situation, right. Boulder, Colorado has had a number. Different than Dion, but a number of black coaches. So it is not, it's not out of the norm. They done had black head coaches coach their football programs. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. When I look at Alabama and Tuscaloosa and been down there two games and understand right. that region, right. I'm like, hold on, man. Ain't no, nah, man. Mm -hmm. No. No I, I, I used I used to I used to subscribe to that. I used to subscribe to that. I used to believe that until I saw Nick Saban when he was recruiting top recruits, turn on the uh, turn on that music, the rap music, and he was trying to rap dance. I was like, oh man, things are changing. You mean now Nick Saban is trying to rap dance for kids and study the kids, being like, I'm, I can't believe I'm playing with Nick Saban. That's the difference that has happened. And I know you don't. I, what what Dion brings is unity. He brings unity. And, and, and I think it will wear, I think it wears well anywhere you go. Anywhere okay. you go. I know what you mean and know what you're talking okay. about. I, I, but I, I think it will wear well anyway. And, okay. and on top of that, I don't want to see him go there. You follow Nick. I don't, it, yeah. let's, like I said, let some other fool do that. Because he's going to be judged very, very hard no matter right. what the situation is. It just it is what it's going to be. Okay, and also allow me. And wait, me. wait. And yeah, Nick's go ahead, going Mike. in. Yeah. They, they got 12 teams going in now. They got 12, Nick knows it's going to be hard to get another championship. It's going to be hard. And if I just, you That's know, I can walk away now, nobody ever catch me. Right. And also allow me to apologize 
to the people in Boulder, the great people in Boulder, for even bringing this up <laughs> because they have been so good to Dion and to Shadur and to yes, that whole yeah. program. It is a sleeping giant. We were there. Dion can win national championships, plural, in Colorado because, by the way, once upon a time, they did win a national championship back in the late 80s. So it's doable. It's possible. You're much closer to Southern California where you can come and recruit. But the, the point I think Lil Wayne was making is, what is the program in college football right now? Well, I think we'd say it's in Tuscaloosa, right? Thanks to Nick Saban. It didn't used to be until Nick walked into town. The college football program right now is probably still Georgia. Boy, I don't know. I, I just think for most I people, still, when, when you off the top of your head, when you're thinking of college football, you yeah. think of Alabama because of Nick. Yeah. Because yeah. of the dynasty, yeah. right? Yeah. I guess you could say that right. because yeah. of, right. he's won so many right. national titles, and every time you look up, you count him out week forward, and then he winds up in it okay. or close to it at the end of the season. All right. So the, the if, question if, if, yeah. if Georgia would have completed the treat, the, the, the three peak, the, then did. we would be saying Thanks. now it's Georgia. Well, they now it's Georgia. But, Saban but Alabama, Alabama yeah. stopped him from yeah. completing it. Yeah. Alabama stopped him from completing. Okay. All right. So do either of you see? Nick Saban doing anything else in football? Because obviously he's very close with Belichick. Do you see any reunion of those two? Obviously, uh, Nick was the defensive coordinator under Belichick in Cleveland. So do, do you see any connection there? Is there any future for Nick Saban? Or do you think he just bought a, last summer a $17 million home on Jupiter Island down South Florida? So, it, it, you know, do you see him just walking completely and staying into the sunset? Going into television, what what what's your best guess? Uh, my best guess would be he probably would go into television. I mean, he's all you know. He he's doesn't good at shy, it. He doesn't shy away from the cameras. No, no. I think I, that, that's probably it. And relax and chill. I mean, he's the greatest college football coach I've ever seen. So, what else is there to do, Michael? Yeah, yeah. He's going Frank Sinatra. He'll 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 do it his way. Nick ain't going to be running in those studios and all of that. You may set a camera up somewhere and he come and sit down at his crib in Florida and say a few words every now and then. Bless us from heaven as a, you know, with a few crumbs and knowledge about yeah. the game. But, but it won't be a regular traditional logging around the country like we do for this great game. <laughs> yes, you do. All right. We need to get back to Bill Belichick. We got to ask this question because people keep speculating about it. It's it's actually being reported. Would Jerry Jones right. actually consider Bill Belichick if Mike McCarthy <laughs> falls on his face this Sunday against Green Bay? We talk about it next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Now it's your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go with the first tweet from Coach Edwards. Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Nick Saban all got together on their coaches hotline last night and said, you leave and I'll leave. Ready? One, two, three, press conference. <laughs> you know, I think it, I think that might have happened. Yeah, yeah, maybe not Pete. Because Pete was kind of... I think he got... Yeah, yeah he, he kind of got handed the check. He, he did. Second tweets from Indigo Child. Bill Belichick and Nick Saban joined forces to coach the Cowboys. And there's the playmaker. Oh, God. He's excited. <laughs> man, that could never happen. Jerry Jones tried him crazy, man. Yeah, yeah I'm, 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 I'm over here thinking about it. 
Okay. All right, cool. Could you imagine Jerry driving the van, please? All right. And finally, from Rob Crabtree, Bama fans this morning. Fresh Prince. Last episode. Gone. No more Bel Air. What was the bad years? Mm. Of Bama? Yeah, what years was that? I wrote them down. I got them somewhere. That was Uh, the... Who was the coach then? I can't even think of the coach. Okay, well, it was... Before Nick. Okay, there's Mike Shuley. Mike Shuley. Yeah, yeah Mike and, Shuley. and he had four years, and he went 26 and 24 yeah, Mike over Shuley four years. years. They had one right. good year, 10 right. and 2, but they were 4 and 9, 6 and 6, and 6 and 7. He got fired, and in came Nick in 07, and they had a 6 and 6 year, and then they just took, took off. off. Yeah. All right. Those are the Mike Shuley years. Yes, sir. Okay. Back to Bill Belichick, out at New England after 24 seasons. So, we're presuming, of course, he wants to coach again. We are presuming that. Keyshawn, best guess, where does Belichick coach next? Best guess would be the the Los Angeles Chargers Mm. would be my, my best guess. Because when you look at it, Skip, he's 71 years old. He doesn't have time. He just went through that in New England to find a quarterback. Yep. We all would assume that Justin Herbert is a, I mean, he's one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. You got one. So let's start there. And then when you look at other successful head coaches that have moved on at a certain age, they go to places that got quarterbacks, right? When you think about Mike Holmgren, for instance, mm-hmm. he left Brett Favre. But then he went to Seattle and he had Hasselback. He did. He had good quarterback, Super Bowl-appearing quarterback. So th- that's important for the foundation of the team. Plus, the Chargers got a decent defense with some pieces. If they stay healthy on that side of the ball, that could contribute. You got nice weather. Bill loves being around the beaches. And he essentially can bring in his own personnel people in this situation because they need a general manager. So he could hire Scott Pioli, who's available, who he worked with in New England again, Thomas Dimitrov from somewhere. He could could just bring those guys back in the fold for one last five-year hurrah type situation. Mm -hmm. But the quarterback is key. When you look at all these other jobs that are available, none of them have quarterback, Mm. right? They just, they really don't. And that is the key ingredient for you to be successful. Pete Carroll. Figured out Russell Wilson was my quarterback. Eventually, they traded away Russ. They thought Geno would be the guy. Just He had a nice comeback story, but he's not the guy. So as you start to look at head coaches at this age level, man, they want quarterbacks. They want successful quarterbacks, period. Mm. Michael. When you get a defensive head coach now in this league, that gets a job in this league. He need, he, he bet, it's best for him to already have a quarterback situation, yes. already situated. If not, and you got to grow a quarterback, you're going to go get one of those genius, offensive-minded coaches to say, hey, build an offense around this quarterback. And his services are going to become so valuable that – Ultimately, you're gonna make, you, you can't let him get away. So, coach has to be careful if you are a defensive head coach and you got that young, smart guy. I think a situation for Bill Belichick, the Chargers, yeah, the Chargers would be a great situation for him because 
if Bill will say, let me do the defense, I'm not even all of that bringing in Scott Pioli and all of that you were talking about, Keith, I'm, I, mean, I don't know about all of that. Because all of the, all of your friends are going to do it your old way. And the way they won before was they took less talent and relied on more of a system. Now, Bill, I just want you running the defense. You know why I need you running the defense? Because I'm going to need some of the money on that defense. You got a lot of people over there, the Chargers, Bosa's, and the Max, and Derwin Jake making a lot of money. They're going to lose some of those pieces, so I need a genius running that defense with less pieces so I can put some of this money somewhere else. That's going to happen. There's no way the Chargers can pay everybody on that team. But who's running the offense? And who? And I don't. And I want to keep that because they got talent. They got talent. I want to keep that talent on that football team as best I can offensively and let Bill run that defense. That's a possibility. We talk about Dallas. Dude, <laughs> I was sitting here thinking about that. Hey, uh, I'm telling you. Crazy. No, no. Well, but they're talking about Dallas, so it's our job to bring it up. It I, I, I'm just I saying. Agree. I sat here. I sat here. I said, mm, let me think about this. Let me think about this. Discipline. Bill brings that discipline. Dallas could use that discipline. They can use that discipline. <laughs> with the pieces Dallas have on, has on defense, what Bill, what Bill can do with that, Bill can have great success with that. If, if I could get Bill to keep Al Harris and teach Al Harris everything you know, yeah, uh, you're going to be the defensive coordinator, but Al Harris going to be your, so whatever you want to call it, defensive coordinator, and you're teaching him everything you know. Because I'm not losing Al Harris because every DB he gets becomes all pro like De'Ron Bland and knows how to get those interceptions. So I'm going to help him get all of that brain power and give it to Al Harris. That, and I'll keep my offense some way intact. That's the only way I see this thing happening in Dallas. Because the discipline Dallas can use, that discipline that Bill brings, that team can use. 20, 24, <laughs> for 24 years, 24 years in Bill Belichick's coaching career in New England, he never had to talk to Mr. Kraft about a single player. Why yeah, in the hell yeah, yeah, would yeah. he take a job in Dallas to deal with Jerry Hey, come on, man, I get it. You want because wanted, we because <laughs> not going to no, happen. No, none of us, none of us, none of us are who we used to be twenty four years <laughs> it's ago. It's not going to happen. You didn't need any exit advice. I, I, I'm not saying, but but no. I'm not saying it's going. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it, it's a possibility. Michael, no, that's that's bringing Jimmy back in the building again. You know, that's bringing Parcells back in the building again. Yeah. And by come the way, on now. Yeah. Michael, what happened when Parcells? Tried to work with Jerry. Yeah, that didn't go, you know. That was... I was even mad at the Parcells thing, though, because I saw Bill, it's so funny, Bill was bringing in all the guys from the Giants. I was like, why, why are you bringing them in? Why are you calling us? Them jokers ain't win three. They didn't win. We don't need them jokers coming to talk about the Cowboys, you know. So, yeah, I, I did get personal with Bill did that, but... But, yeah, that was different. And then all of a sudden, Jerry said, I want Terrell Owens. And Bill said, basically, over my dead body. And, you know, what the, right. he, he wouldn't even call Terrell by his name. He was just the player right. after that, right? And that was pretty much yeah, right, the player. I just can't see that marriage working at all. Then, obviously, Skip, there's Atlanta. 
Yeah. Maybe there's something there, but it's just a lot of they got a lot of young, yeah. a lot of talent, a lot of young skill position there's players. There's no quarterback, and then, but there's no quarterback. Right. Not That's the, the quarterback. I just had the same issue in New England. Why would I? Yeah. Why would I deal with a non-quarterback? My success, if if Skip is right, my success was tied to a quarterback. Why would I? Right. My success is tied to a quarterback. Go try to find a guy when I see a Justin Herbert that's sitting there already. Sean Payton didn't wait right. for the Charger job to open because he figured Russell Wilson, oh, I can fix that. He did. Because he's a quarterback that had success. Yeah. That's what these coaches want. Okay. So in, in the biggest picture, let, let me go back quickly to the Chargers because we did have Richard Sherman on, and he argued strongly for Pete Carroll to become the Chargers head right. coach ahead of Belichick. Because Pete, from 2002 to 2009, as Keyshawn knows all too well, created a dynasty at USC. And it was an all-timer. It was Saban-esque for those, yes. what was it, seven, eight yes. years in there. And you won two national championships, and you got to a third championship game and lost to Vince Young in Texas, obviously. So it was quite a run. Liner, Bush, you know, all, all the, mm -hmm. the glory. So Wendell White, yeah, all, yeah, of, them. all of them. And so the, the question becomes, with, with Pete having a home in Manhattan Beach, he would love to come back. Would L.A. love to have him back to the, to the point that they would sell some seats to, because Pete Carroll would be the new head coach? I, I think when you, when you look at the three guys that the names are popping up, right, Harbaugh, Belichick, and now Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, in my opinion, probably is the best fit in the situation than those two. Because, again, he has success with a quarterback in Seattle. Whether you believe it and think it was uh, uh, trying to make Russell Wilson the guy and they lose the Super Bowl, whatever the case is, he yeah. went to two Super Bowls. He did. He can coach defense. Yes, They got can. much the same as Belichick. They got pieces that's there on the defensive side that he can retool, reshuffle. And he is, for all intents and purposes, a Southern California guy, believe it or not. I yeah. mean, that's just it just makes all the sense. In the world. Now, does he want to coach again? Does he want to be involved like that again? Yes, he does. I, I, I'm yes. sure he probably does. Yes, he does. So if I am the Chargers, I'm certainly picking up the phone and trying to find his availability to yeah. meet and figure out if it works. So think about the Chargers. Let me get my order on that Chargers job right. now because this is it. Now, now, I love Bill. I love Bill and Bill Belichick I'm talking about. But when you talk order for that job, I'm going to go – uh, I'm going Jim first, and and then I, I, I'll go after Jim. Then I will go Pete Carroll, and then probably Belichick. And that's the issue Belichick's going to have. As great as he is, man, we have a number of coaches that are coming on the market that we believe will be coming on the market. Bill Belichick, I, I don't know if he's going to be first option, mm. like first option in, in, in a place like the Chargers. You, you know how great Jim Harbaugh would be? With Justin Herbert. Are you joking? You see how Jim Harbaugh is about with his quarterbacks, how he patting him, come on, come on, getting him ready. You know, that whole thing, I think, will work great together. We keep making Justin Herbert one of the top quarterbacks, but he's really not making those great plays down the stretch to win oh. games that we will say, whoa. We look at his statuesque body and, and, and his, and his yeah. all the gifts he has, and we make him, he's one of the top ten quarterbacks. But Jim Harbaugh will really put him solid, solid 
in the top 10 quarterbacks. That's the reality. All right. So think about the Chargers. They just went from firing Brandon Staley, who drove us all crazy with his going for it on fourth down. And Defensive all of a sudden, coach. they have entered a job market in which they, they've got Pete Carroll or Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick, right? It's, it's like what, what, what an embarrassment of riches. All of a sudden, you went from f- famine to feast, right? Yeah, as long as they don't yeah. screw it up. Yeah. If, as long as they don't screw it up. If they don't, because, you know, sometimes these owners, man, they get, they get out there too far and they screw things up listening to the wrong people. I mean, that's just – and Jim Harbaugh's a great quarterback coach. It, it, go back and think about, though, whether it's Tom right. Brady or not, the offensive coaches on the coaching staff in New England that they had. When you talk about Charlie Weiss, he called plays. He designed things. You talk about uh, Josh McDaniels for years. He done got three damn head coaching jobs – off of that he, tree, but he he's not a head coach. No. He's just not. But is he an offensive coordinator? Bill O'Brien. Kid Bill O'Brien. So it, you don't have to worry about, though, Michael, whether or not they can coach the quarterbacks. As long as his staff is together and right, the quarterback will get coached up. Same mm. thing with Pete Carroll. Mm. The quarterback will get coached up. And, and by the yeah, way. But what, what, yeah. What, 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 yeah. yeah, but what, what I'm talking about, though, is, is look at the run you have. With, with the Jim Harbaugh over over the Bill Belichick. You know what I mean? I Jim Harbaugh's coming yeah. in off of a championship. He's riding high. Everybody feels good about it. And, and, and Jim is dealing with, get this, this, this athlete, today's athlete. You're hoping no, that Bill can come in and connect with these players, but you know Jim will come in and connect with those players because he's a player himself, and he's one of those players' coaches. So that's a, I, I, where, where the Chargers are, you are, you are at a place, you, this decision is crucial for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I mean crucial because you have the talent. You have what you need. You just got to put this one person in place, and you can have instant success. This is a crucial decision. Yeah. By the way, Jim Harbaugh, when he first got to Michigan, struggled for about four years, was asked to take a pay cut because he did not have a quarterback. You got to have a quarterback, Until he recruited J.J. McCarthy, then all of a sudden, heaven's open. Got to have a quarterback. Got to have a quarterback. All right, up next, we haven't talked Dallas Cowboys this year yet on this show. So what does it tell you that the the Cowboys had the most all-pros selected by the players? That's next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Micah Parsons did not make the NFLPA All-Pro team voted on by the players. Miles Garrett and Max Crosby did make it. But even without Micah, the Cowboys led with five selections. CeeDee Lamb, the offensive guard Zach Martin, Tyler Smith, cornerback Deron Bland, and kicker Brandon Aubrey. God bless him. So, Michael Urban, what does this tell you about our Cowboys? Let, let me tell you what it says, guys. And, and, and there's a lot of talk, and we get a lot of talk, and we, we hear a lot of noise about Jerry Jones and all the meddling and all of this and everything. All of these guys right here that we are talking about are what I call homegrown. 
CeeDee Lamb drafted Dallas Cowboys. Bland. Everybody that's on this list in our, what I would like to call debatables, that the Dak Prescott should be on that list. You could debate the Dak Prescott being on that list. Michael Parsons is not even on that list. All of this is homegrown. It speaks to the job that Will McClay and all of their organization has done to get those players not not players they signed from other teams, but the players they drafted, the players that they've that they raised, they grew, and certainly they're going they're going to have to pay some of these players. But but all of that noise about Jerry being too involved is it, it, it's, it's just noise. This says something about what the organization is doing. They got a pretty good system and it's putting out some pretty good players. Mm. This that is five works. and it should be seven. It should be seven. You, Michael Parsons and, and Dak Prescott can easily be on that list. And we've had the Tyron Smiths on that list. All of those key, Skip, that's homegrown Cowboys Nation from the bottom to the top. That's what I like about that. You are right about the noise in Jerry Jones. Michael, I've been telling people that for years. Like, just years. They, they, they you know, because... How Jerry is involved, he's, you know, Jerry likes to talk, he's got his radio shows, and he likes to, that's what he likes to do. So people automatically assume that he's meddling and calling plays and things. It's like, no, it's not. You can go down a long laundry list since, well, all the way back to y'all, Michael, of the players that he was involved in drafting and being a part of as an owner, general manager. You can go... On and on, <clears throat> even though <clears throat> he may have had others helping him out, he's still the final stop with him. Everything stops with him. So when you look at this and you say, well, what does this do for your organization? It just shows that they're doing the right things and bringing the right players in and getting the productivity out of these players. And, yes, it is debatable if you Dak Prescott, but you're not putting him over Lamar. It's just because these are the players that are voting. This has nothing to do with writers or anything. These are the guys, Michael, the guys that are playing right. against you, watching you and seeing you every single right. week, whether they're playing you or watching you on film because they play an opponent that you may have played. And so they see their ability. C.D. Lamb, it's not even, hands down, it's not even a question on whether or not he was going to be an all-pro on an all-pro team. When you start to look at guys like Max Crosby, he came on late in the, in, in, in when, when all of a sudden, AP took over, and he had an injury. He, came he continued on. to play, and he came on, and the players right, took right. notice, and they realized that. It's hard to say Bland doesn't belong on the list. He got six of, what is it, six touchdowns? Right, right, come on. That, right, that, right that sealed it. If he didn't have another intercept, he would have had four, four for touchdowns. He would have made all pro. That's just because T.J. Players... Watt ain't on the list. T.J. Watt ain't on the list. T.J. Watt's not on I the list. I was like, wait, wait, how's T.J. Watt not on this thing? And then I thought, well, who do you take off? Are you taking my – are you going to take Miles Garrett off? Just like Max Crosby, Crosby balled. Crosby beat Kansas City by himself. He beat Kansas City by himself. You you see what I'm saying? So you can't take any one of those guys off. But to to make Skip mad real quick, all that's cool. Real quick. It's like every second. Go ahead. All that's cool, Skip. (laughs) We're giving accolades. Yes, we are. We're talking about all the great things that the Cowboys are doing on on paper. paper. 
Now let's transfer it to the right. field Thank you. as a team. And, and, that and doesn't get, make me mad. That makes me get glad. on to the next level. Now yeah. we done got everybody. Now you got your little all pro money and your incentives and everything. Yeah. Now let's see what, if you handle business correctly Thank against you. the Green Bay Packers. Okay, so allow me to amplify what Michael Irvin just said. Homegrown home runs because. Jerry has final right. say on every high draft pick. Maybe yeah. not on the sixth and seventh rounders, but, but those first three or four rounds, Jerry's making the call with the information provided from all the scouts and especially from the great Will McClay, Will McClay. who does a yeah, you sensational give him some job. Sensational. Now I'm seeing people, are, you know, maybe Washington's coming after him, trying to hire him away. Whatever Jerry does, you, that's the one there guy ain't you going need. For to that. Look, He's not going go for that. Right here, Michael. What you need, man? Yeah. Well, you better. He, he, he won't go for that. Right. Right. And, and, and Will McClay has earned it. Whatever that check is, he's earned it. He, has. he deserves he it. He is the lifeblood of this franchise. But Jerry, yes. as crazy as he can act sometimes and as goofy as he can be sometimes about trying to talk about football, he, he has made consistently sound picks. I mean, the Tyler Smith pick, right. I didn't even know who Tyler Smith was. And when it came down, I thought, Tyler Smith? Then I know an assistant coach at, at Tulsa University who texted me later that night. And he said, you don't understand. Tyler Smith is a stud. A and dog. He's he a just dog. made the And he's a dog, Skip. I know. He's I, one of the dogs yeah. we have. Yeah. He is his mentality. He's a dog. Yeah, and what the, the assistant coach texted was that Nick Saban, through the transfer portal, was trying to offer early NIL money to Tyler Smith to leave Tulsa for Alabama. And I'm like, uh, I guess Jerry and Will McClay did it again because it, it, we're, we're pretty soon into his career. It's, it's a short time. He, he just made first team. Offensive but, but guard. Remember, though, Skip, right. it, how yeah. this is so important in terms of this list because it's the players. Yeah, players. It's the no, guys the players that he right. against. Right. Right. Like, right. Right. He can play. Right. 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 Not right. this, not no, this no, media no, no, creation. No, no. Not fans. No, no. Uh, okay. He's a player. Right. All right, back to Micah. Michael Irvin, I hope you can appreciate this, but I was happy that Micah didn't make it because I need to see just a little bit more, and I'm glad that he went from the prohibitive favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year in the Vegas odds going into this season to he didn't make the all-pro team voted on by the players. I need Micah to hear that, to know that, to be motivated by that because he had a nice game at Washington, but he'd been pretty quiet for the previous four games. And we know that down the stretch last year, the last six games, he had a sack and a half. I just need a little more because he's capable of so much more. And, Michael, I hope you concur. I need fire lit starting Sunday. And I hope it continues to the following weekend. And the following weekend, I need him to start wrecking games and taking over the way we saw Max Crosby do for the Raiders down the stretch of their regular season. And maybe that will. Right. And, like, I, maybe that and, will and like I'm calling fire. for that also. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm calling for all of that also, Skip. It has to be next level stuff. You're, 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 he's moving towards a next level in his life. Yes. You know, he, he's going to be you know, one. He's going to be probably the highest paid defensive player. Sure. You know what I mean? If he has an agent worth anything, he's going. He's <laughs> moving towards. I want you to move everything. Everything towards that next level, the way he goes about training, the yeah. way he gets himself ready. But I need him to start this weekend by wrecking a game. Wrecking Come game. away with one of those two or three sack games yeah. where we saw back you fumbles. all day, yeah. all day yeah. back there 
sitting in the lap of love. <laughs> sitting in the lap of, lap of love. love. I love that. Yeah. That's exactly we what we want. You're sitting in the lap of love. Long. Yep. I, I right. am so with you. And Keyshawn, you don't make me mad when you say this about on paper because you're right. Yes. They're, what, seven and a half, I think it's seven and a half point uh, favorites mm -hmm. over Jordan Love and company, and, and they've had a sensational year. But look, we're better than Green Bay. We're far more experienced than Green Bay. Well, at least Bay. on paper, y'all are. Well, well, okay. Well, there you go. I think you're leaning toward picking Green Bay in this game. I don't don't feel worry it. about what okay, I'm doing. That's tomorrow, man. right? Yeah, that's but, tomorrow. But, but you're right. But, but that's why it's important, too. But that's why it's important that Michael Parson. Yeah. That's why it's important that Michael Parson and what we're talking about. Yeah. Because what Key just talked about. That, this young team, if you're not careful, drops back two, three, four times, bam, bam, it could, you could be down 14-0. That's Michael Parson. Make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. When they drop back, you drop them. That's <laughs> what we're talking about. Okay. Start early and get it out the way. All right. So I can make a case that, that this is the most talented team in the Super Bowl tournament. I can make that case. You can argue San Francisco. I, I, I love this team. I love what they are on paper. If it comes to this, I need them to go back to San Francisco and make third times the charm. Show us that paper can be reality. Show us on the football field. Can, is this team capable of beating San Francisco? At San, you, you better believe it is, but it has to go do it. It has to beat Green Bay. It has to win another home game. And if it's required, it has to go back to San Francisco and live up to this billing. The players have blessed you. So Michael and I talked that Jimmy Curse got broken. Philadelphia just right. fell on its face. And all of a sudden, we back into the division after we all but lose a game to Detroit. He's doing so good, okay? Well, I'm just telling you. We're, so here we are, and we're positioned. It sets up perfectly. It, it is. It sets right. up. I mean, the, 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 the heavens Perfect. have opened. The NFL God said, let there be Dallas. So okay? you do, you do yeah. realize y'all got the same amount of all pros except the kicker. As San Francisco. Yeah. But okay. I, didn't we have one more? I think no, we have you got, the most. No, you got you got because of the kicker. Because, well, you don't count him. I do. All he did is make 35 out of his first 35. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, he'll probably decide games. The list is cool. I'm not I'll take it. I'll take him, too, because he knocks him down. <laughs> but when you look at it, because you said that, you know, you could argue that they're the most talented team left in the tournament. You can. And I had to think about it. I'm like. More talented than San Francisco? Okay. Well, I can make a case. You could I, I can probably show try and argue that. No. You probably could try and argue it. Yeah. You know, even Baltimore, is they more talented than Baltimore? I mean. Okay. I, I hark back to what the great Rob Gronkowski said moments after the You know what? I, I, I'm the thinking Buffalo that too game. now. Hang on just a second, Skip, Michael. skip, 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 skip. Yeah. All right, go okay, ahead. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so j but, just remember it, 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 what, what Rob Gronkowski said on Fox moments after the Buffalo beatdown that Dallas suffered. He said, that's not a mentally tough football team. So, so all this right. paper is great, that's all these accolades. And, but are you mentally tough? I, I, my jury's still out for me. I need to see it. Okay, go yeah, ahead, yeah. Michael. It, it, yeah. it, what you, you guys were just talking about, man, when you talk about this – I, I, what I, what I, what I need to see, I, I need to see in this game. What I need to see from Dallas's defense is domination. We, we could, we could talk about this all day. We, Dallas, I thought down the stretch, played some pretty good defense. As you go into the playoffs, right here, right now, Michael Parsons is a huge name. He can really hit a meteoric rise right here 
with the way he plays. And this first game sets up perfectly for him. They're going yeah. to throw the ball and give him some opportunities because they have a pr- great passing game. The, the guy that's throwing the touchdowns, only, the only guy threw more touchdowns than him is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. That's Jordan Love. They're one and two in p- p- touchdown passes. So this is a great opportunity, and this is an opportunity that he must say, I'm the best player in the National Football League. No, it's, a huge, it's, a, it's, it's a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know because you played in playoff games. I played in playoff games. Your, your nickname was the playmaker. Not because of the regular season. That is a fact. Not because of the regular right. season, but because this right here, right. of the playoffs. You, got you know, you, when, you, right. when you take it to the next level, the playoffs, everybody's a watcher. Remember, there's only like two games on, yeah. and then it, maybe next day there's two, and then it just slowly but surely <laughs> goes down, and, and you become what you become. And if Michael Parsons could do, duplicate some of the same things that he did against the Washington Commanders in this right. playoff game, he will now start to garner that attention as not just a guy early in the season, but also a guy in the postseason right. that can wreak havoc on people because he tails off at the end of the year. He just does. Right. I mean, he, he, he just and we does. Don't want, and we don't want, what we don't want him with his, during his whole career is, is, is that narrative and him becoming True. the James Harden of the NFL. <laughs> that we got to no, stop. We don't want that. And we must stop it right Harden here, right now. Man. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying, and I, I, I think James Harden's going to change that narrative this year also with what he got going on in Clippers. And we'll, we'll talk about that as <laughs> we right. move. But, but I, I do think that may change. Okay, so in summation here, tune in tomorrow and watch Keyshawn Johnson make the mistake of picking the Green Bay Packers on Sunday at Jerry World. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) Okay, up next, with so many big names available now in the coaching market, what will Raiders owner Mark Davis do about hiring Antonio Pierce full-time? Next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Okay, back to business. Never before have we seen so many big names on the coaching market. Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, maybe Jim Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, on and on and on. Now, we know what Raiders owner Mark Davis should do, which is hire Antonio Pierce full-time. But now, Keyshawn, what do you think Mark Davis will do? I honestly think that he's going to hire Antonio Pierce. I understand the sexiness of Jim Harbaugh and the connection to Michigan and Tom Brady. I get all of that. That, that Tom being a minority owner. Yeah, minority owner. And the fact that he was once upon a time a coach, quarterback coach for the Raiders under Bill Callahan. I get get that. But the guy's in the building. Mm -hmm. He's already there. You already know what Antonio Pierce is. And the fact that you already know what he is, you don't necessarily know Jim Harbaugh, and what I mean by that is he's not coaching your current players right now. But AP is coaching your current players. And Max Crosby, along with Devontae Adams, have already stood on the table saying we want him to be the head coach. So if we're looking at this, and let's look at it objectively, like real, like real. If Antonio Pierce was a game above 500 and we started him at the beginning of the year, to where it is today. We wouldn't even be having a conversation about if they should hire Jim Harbaugh. We just wouldn't. Well, they we, might we, be in the playoffs we, right now. Well, that could be the case. Right. Mm-hmm. The fact that they are over right. 500 with him and he took over in such a dysfunctional situation 
and all the players right. did was continue to rally around him, yep. right. what if you gave him a whole season, where would you be? They're right. That's how you got to look at it. You can't look at it and go, well, he's an interim coach. He half the season. I don't know if he could do it full. Well, he's already done showed you he could do it. I mean, obviously, new coaches come in. They're going to tweak some stuff and bring in a couple of their own assistants. But Mark Davis missed on Rich Basaccia, okay, that they probably should have hired. Yep. And he went out and went for the, the okey-doke and, 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 and brought in a New Englander. And then all of a sudden, that didn't go well. And now you got a guy that the fabric is, the DNA and the fabric of the Raiders is inside of a guy that didn't even play for the Raiders in Antonio Pierce. Yeah. Because he was born and raised in L.A. He understands the silver and black and what it means. I mean, the dude just, the, the, you know, Michael, you talk about the Bill Belichick of these old school coaches and their style. Antonio Pierce is an old school coach, but guess what he got? Right. He got an understanding right. and a style that, that that he could communicate with the players a certain way. Right. I ain't never seen a head coach right. in the National Football League rocking two-carat diamond earring. I ain't never seen that. <laughs> right, right, that, right, that, right, he, right, and, right, right, And imagine what them players in that locker room, they're like, yeah. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Right. And they, they say he's one of us. He's what one they of say. us. I, I was in that locker room. You were. They say he's one of us. He, he, here's what's difficult for... Mr. Davis, to make Mark Davis, has to deal with. This decision is not made to standing alone separately. He, he will go back and revisit his history. The last two coaches he's hired have been offensive-minded coaches coming in to, to build his offense. It didn't work out, you know. But this coach that he gave this opportunity to, you can see the rise in everything and the rise in the players and how everybody has taken accountability in the whole building. Remember when I was with Antonio Pierce, that's what he talked about. The whole building taking accountability. The whole building understand how important their functions are to the function of the whole process. All of that stuff, man. You, 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 you have something now. You don't tear that down. You got a guy that your best players want to play for. You don't tear that down. The only thing that I say, give me pause, is honestly the Jim Harbaugh situation. Yeah. That's why, the only Michael? one where I said, wow, but, but, wow, but, the Jim Harbaugh situation. But why? But, and let me, tell, let, me, let me tell you why. Because Jim Harbaugh gives you what I think uh, Antonio also gives you. He gives you an ability to communicate with today's players. But Jim Harbaugh also, he gives you the discipline that I think Antonio gives. But he, he gives you an opportunity also to help build and grow a quarterback over in that situation. He's coming in as a champion right now so people can turn and look. The only thing you got to be careful with is these players want things to be done the Raiders way. That's what they said in the locker room. This is this the decision I wouldn't want because I, I got to listen to what my players say. And if I'm listening, if I'm him, I've got to take, I have to take Antonio Pierce. But I must say, I will look hard at Jim Harbaugh. Mm. Okay, allow me to repeat again. I know Antonio, I know both of you do too, but I know him, I love him, I believe in him because he's a legit human being. I start with that. He has high character, high football character. I got nothing but great to say about what he pulled off this year. 
But to Michael's point, you do have Tom Brady involved. And I'm not convinced Jim Harbaugh is going to want to leave Michigan. I, I already told you, Keyshawn, on whatever day it was, Tuesday, that I still have a gut feeling he may want to try to, to create a Saban-esque sort of dynasty there, especially now that, that Nick's no longer at Alabama. <laughs> but you, you, you're convinced he wants to escape back to pro football because he didn't win. That's his brother beat him in the Super Bowl. Okay, so if I accept that and he is available – and Tom Brady is quietly lobbying to Mark Davis and has Mark's ear about how great Jim was at San Francisco when he led them to obviously three straight NFC championship games and one Super Bowl that came down to one Colin Kaepernick throw to Michael Crabtree that was pass interference and should have been called. That's how close that game was in the bitter end for Jim Harbaugh versus John. But given that, it's a tough call because there's still with Antonio some X factor because he just hasn't done it before. And there's some X factor about, well, did he come in at the perfect place at the perfect time? Because this team despised Josh McDaniels. And it was jubilant, like the witch is dead, that Josh was gone. And all of a sudden they can put their arms around Antonio and vice versa. And he's one of us and watch us play. Will that carry into next year and into the next year? I hope so. I believe it will. But, man, if you got Jim Harbaugh sitting there, that is a tricky and tough call to the point that if they did go Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> here's the next question. Would Antonio get another job as in head coaching job? Would, I don't know, Carolina or somebody hire Antonio? He, he would get some big looks on this job market as crowded as it is. But to me, I'm, I'm still in Antonio's corner. I just think it's going to become a very difficult call for Mark Davis. It, it, it's it, not cut and dry. Right, you know, right, it's yeah. never, it's never. Right, and that's why he brought Tom Brady in. And, yeah. and that's why, that's why they give them these opportunities and bringing Tom Brady in. But even in this, Tom knows more than anybody. And that's what I have always loved about Tom. He knows the importance of, uh, of having that right locker room and having players sure. in the right mindset. So, so absolutely, Tom, Tom will look over the situation. He knows what Antonio Pierce brings. He knows he what he brings. So that's why you yeah. got to lean on it both ways. Yeah. I want to hear what he has to say. Would you say let's stick with Antonio Pierce or would you suggest that you go with uh, with Jim Harbaugh? But, uh, but I'm with you, Skip. I I'm riding out Antonio Pierce. I cannot, yeah. if I'm Mark Davis, make that decision again to go away from what my players have asked me to do. I tried this. I also got to look at what it's going to take to get me Jim Harbaugh and then say, I've already poured so much money into that direction and none of it has worked. Those last two guys, Gruden and McDaniels, they're both offensive-minded coaches in the same vein as the Jim Harbaugh, yep. and it has yielded me zero, <laughs> zero. Oh, and yeah. this defensive dude came in and did what I'm, I've been paying them, but I'm still paying all of them all that money yep. to get done. Mm. He got it done, and I'm not paying him anywhere near that money. That's I, 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 it'll be hard for me to come off Antonio Pierce. Yeah, you, it, it's it's going to be very difficult to come off Antonio Pierce. And I said this at the top of the segment: the players in that locker room were speaking to you. The, the I understand, key ones, the big ones. I understand ones. that right. Tom Brady right. is the great Tom Brady at quarterback position, and he's an investor in the team. And I, I get all of that, but he ain't in that locker room. And them players are telling you he's one of us. Yeah. Okay, now you say, Skip, 
Well, there's a little bit of reservation because could he do it long term? He hadn't really done it. Well, Sean McVay didn't do it till he done it. Yeah. I mean, that's just oh, the reality you of it. that about everybody. You know, right? Exactly. Right. So when you start to look at coaches, you go, yeah. well, can he really? Andy Reid didn't do it till he done it. <laughs> and, and, and yes, developing quarterbacks. That's why you hire a quarterback coach. Think about what his brother, uh, John Harbaugh, did in Baltimore. He decided, I need to evolve our passing game. So I'm going to reach down to college and get Todd Munkin and bring him in so our $300 million quarterback can win the MVP with his legs and his arm because that's the only way we're going to get the number one seed and go to the Super Bowl. Okay. So you don't have to have an offensive-minded coach. No. You just have to have a coach of men, mm. okay, that speaks to them and they respect you and respond and, they, and you're not being wore down, but they teaching you and they believe in you. That's all that matters. Yeah. And that's all, and that's what Antonio brings to the table. Okay, allow me to add one other quick point that'll muddy the water a little more. Remember, Mark Davis is the son of the late great Al Davis. Al I knew Davis. him very well. Mark appreciates NFL royalty. What if Belichick is available? You know, would, would he think about it? Well, would he think about it? What, what if Belichick said, I'd still, love to live in I Vegas? Still, I still, <laughs> you, you know, you can't, you, you can't even go there. You, you, you can't go there. even you can't touch go there. that. As much as I love you Belichick, can't even go there. man, I'm not touching. I'm good. Go I just you, got the. You can't go there. I just messed with Josh right. guys. I'm good, man. Okay. Keith, Keith. So right, good. Keith. You can't even go. And, and, and let me tell you something, Keith. You're dead right. You can't go there because the upheaval that, 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 that went on before was because of that Belichick way stuff. And then, remember now, that oh, it was so crazy. It's all of that dynasty started. When, it, when we got the, the what do they call that, the, the fumble thing uh, with, with Charles Woodson and Tom Brady. Tuck and all. Rule. Tuck so, rule. Mm-hmm. Right, the tuck rule, the tuck rule, yeah. the tuck rule. So, so, yeah, so there's already that little stuff there between yeah, New stuff. England. And then you brought the Patriot way over to the Raider way. That was the whole fight. Yeah, they well. were like, we're not the Patriot way. We're the Raider way. You can't get rid of Danielson and then bring Mr. Miyagi in. That ain't going to work. Bill Belichick reunited with Tom Brady and Las yeah. Vegas. I don't know. AP right. got uh, a lot going for him. Right. AP right. got does. his locker he room. Does. He's got you're, the community. You're right. You're right. The Raider you're right. fans. And he right. got the, the support of the NFL community he does. wanting to see him higher. I got it. Okay, up next, Keyshawn is about to react. What what I do now? To Pete Carroll's legacy, <laughs> including Pete's dynastic run at Keyshawn School. Keep crazy. As in crazy. <laughs> Pete Carroll fired in Seattle, shockingly. We heard earlier on the show from Richard Sherman about this, live from Seattle. Now it's time to get the reactions of Keyshawn and Michael. Keyshawn, please, you first. You start at USC before Pete Carroll turned that program into the program in college football and the team in Los Angeles. Your reaction to Pete getting fired and your thoughts on his legacy? You know, I, I really didn't, when it came across, I was like, huh? Because it, uh-huh. it was, it, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't even, you know, we go through the season as the season wind down, we start trying to figure out, well, who can get it? Hot who can seats. get hot seats, hot seats and the Black yep. Monday mm-hmm. and all the, yep. the weird stuff. His name just never, never came. it never came never up. Came. It wasn't something that even... I thought of, and in terms of his legacy, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. I do. 
Um, he went to two Super Bowls. Mysteriously, they screwed up one. He should be 2-0, and but instead he's, he, he, he lost that one to New England. He's given so many guys, and I don't think people really understand, he's given a lot of guys second opportunities to play. Okay, even when Marshawn Lynch had issues in Buffalo, yeah. he decided, yeah. man, I'm going to get ready to go get this dude and bring him to Seattle he did. and turn yeah. beast mode into beast mode. He did. Okay, because he's just always done those things. Even at USC, he will recruit some of the, uh, the hardest, strangest type kids, and it would turn around. And when you look at you yeah. say, well, Hall of Fame, look, they're going to take into account what he's done in the pros and what he did in college, even though – it's not the NBA. It's not the, the Hall of Fame of basketball. Mm. I do believe that when that time comes, they're going to look at it. Plus, he's not done coaching. I mean, he's just he, he's not. He's I know not. that they're saying he's on the advisory committee or something. He's going to advise to some degree of what they do in Seattle until the phone start ringing and somebody in the next week or two wants to sit down and interview him, Carolina Panthers. He doesn't mind playing with an uh, undersized quarterback in Bryce Young. You just don't know. But in terms of his legacy, yeah. man, he's one of the all-time great coaches that I've seen yeah. in my short time of understanding what the NFL football was all about. I mean, you can't you can't argue with his success at all whatsoever. Right. 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 And and, and when we were talking about and this is when when Skip, when you and Richard was were were interviewing, you were talking to Richard about Pete. I thought that was a great job. I, you know, usually I go to the bathroom. I sat right here and watched that. I felt every moment of it. You feel the love that Sherm has oh. for this man. Oh. You know what I mean? Talking about he's known him forever. You know, and it was important enough to come on and give him his flowers right now today. Why this is so surprising is as we talk about Nick Saban and. Bill Belichick, those are guys that are old-fashioned coaches, only knew one way. Pete Carroll, an older gentleman that understands the now player. This is why this is surprising. Yeah. You know, he is not out of touch with today's players. He is exactly what today's players ask for, look for. And no matter what you heard, I thought that was telling, no matter what you heard and what we all talked about, that fallout between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, Russell got on the plane and made it back. He did. You know what I mean? Made it back to celebrate this man because that man is the man that gave him that opportunity. Remember? Russell, they, they didn't plan on Russell becoming the starter. They had played Matt Flynn a lot of money. Sure he was supposed to be the starter. Yep. But, but Pete Carroll, they saw great in Russell and gave him that opportunity. He knew he knows how to grow men. Key, you just talked about how he spent time going into some of the rough neighborhoods, giving those kids an opportunity. He still does all of that. that he, he just revived Gino's career. I should say gave Gino a career. You know what I'm saying? So that surprised me to see him leaving right now. And what Sherm said really helped me because we're not in Seattle. We don't hear the rumblings. I know I hear the rumblings in Dallas. But if you're in Seattle every day on the radio, you, you pick up, you go into the gym or something, you can hear the rumblings about Pete Carroll. Like that's what Sherm was talking about. And, and I, I'm sure that was hard to deal with. And even to hear that the rumblings got to him. So, yeah, he's a great coach. I believe he will coach again because, like I said, he can talk to today's players. Yeah, You know, Skip, he, he, he coached Seattle for 14 years. He was in the playoff 10 times. Mm. Out of them 14, yeah. he actually was in the playoffs. 
the last three years weren't great, but two of them were winning seasons, and he did make the playoffs in the first nine and eight season, and they got blown out by San Francisco. And as I said earlier, there's no shame in that because they're really good, and they blew our team out, right? You said it. I yeah. didn't. Okay. So, but it was a transition the last three seasons too, because yeah. remember Russell, Russell moved on no into, Russell. Russ, into Russell and then the I transition. Agree. So this was very different than Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft mutually parting ways. Seattle tried to sell it as we're mutually parting ways until Pete took the microphone and Pete made it very clear: I fought to keep my job. I, he said I competed hard to keep my job. Right. So he wanted it clear he got fired. And then the other statement he made was that even though he's 72 years of age, he says, I'm freaking jacked. I'm fired up. I'm not tired. I'm not worn down. He wants to coach again. He is a legendary dual purpose coach because it's hard to do it at both levels, college and pro. And he did it at extremely high, the highest levels of college right. and pro football. And it's hard to find but obviously, Coach Saban tried to make it work in Miami, and it fell completely Him and apart. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Him and Jimmy did. Johnson. He did it. He did it at the highest level. I, I Pete give Carroll, you, but, Jimmy Johnson. Hey, but Pete, for those, it's, it's really a seven-year stretch at your school, Keyshawn. They took over Los Angeles. Yeah. It, it, it was no longer Lakers, the Hodgers, whatever you want to do. It, it was, it was Trojans, man. <laughs> And I've worked in L.A. for a long time, so I get sports, and you live sports because you grew up here, Keyshawn. But it was some stretch that, yeah. that he oversaw. It was 90, at USC. 97 and 19 in nine years, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and despite the NC2A doing whatever they did, a lack of institutional control because it yeah. became okay. such a big staple here in L.A. to go to a USC. For, literally, it, it, when he got there, the Coliseum was empty. Yeah. When he left, it was full. Right. It was overflowing. Right. right. And, and, and that's what you love. That's what you love. Both Bo, Bo Dominguez and Bill, they build. You, you know, uh, when, when Jimmy got to Dallas, it, it, it was nothing, you know, coming in some bad seasons. Yeah. And he built, you know, Miami, you win in Miami. I know. I threw, I, I should mention Barry Switzer also won in college and run. He did. Won in the NFL. But in the NFL, they're going to say he won with Jimmy's players. You know what I mean? But he still got that I ring. Love Coach but, but yeah. He did it. Yeah. Did me, too. Yeah. me too. Me too. Me too. I love Barry. I, I love Coach Smith. He's a good man. You know but, I, but I am shocked at Pete Carroll. And I, and I, I expect Pete Carroll to coach again. But that next move, that, that would be an interesting situation to see yeah. what happens. But everywhere he went, Skip and Key, you, it, it wasn't that he won. It was also those moments like you talked about. Those, you know, they created like a, a era. He creates an era wherever he goes yeah. and turns That's it. A good when he yeah. got to Seattle, yeah, they create errors, and, and, and they're great moments, man. So, yeah, I would love to see Pete back on the sideline. Yeah. He, he'll be back on the sideline, I'm sure. Somebody's too many job openings, and he's a good head coach. What I was going to say, though, is a lot of people, and you know this, Skip, he didn't get the opportunity to finish the job at the Jets. They, they snatched him out. That he was goes his first to, job. His yeah. first job. Right. But then he goes to New England, yeah. and he was a above 500 coach. No, he was a good, good coach, yeah. following right. Coach Parcells. Yeah. And then he obviously goes to see USC, then Seattle, and the rest is history. Is it history? Whoa. And by the way, he could coach at either level. It, it, there may be a college program that he, he might say. Maybe he goes to Alabama. Maybe he goes to Alabama. You never know. Maybe he goes to the Chargers. All right, up next, th this is an interesting question to me. Should anybody really want the Patriots job right now? It's next.
For the first time in 24 years, the New England Patriots are without a coach. They went 4-13 this past season. There are reports Gerard Mayo will be elevated to replace Bill Belichick. Speculation Mike Vrabel will return to New England, where he, of course, played. But you know what? Maybe the better question is right now, Keyshawn, you first, please. Should anyone really want this job at this state? Okay, when you say anyone, what are we talking about? There's only 32 of these available. Yeah. If they ever become available. It, this one wasn't available for 24 years. It's like, you know, all of a sudden you see a house and say, first time on the market. You know, in 60 years. Mm. This is the first time this has been on the market in 24. Yep. And there's only 32 of them. So absolutely, you want this job. Now look, if you are Pete Carroll, no, you don't want this job. But if you are a guy in Gerard Mayo or maybe Vrabel or somebody, Eric Bieniemy, somebody who's trying, Raheem Morris, some of these guys that are trying to get jobs, this is, like, what you going to do? You're you going you gonna to say, no, I don't want to coach New England? No, there's only 32 of them, man. You're at the top of the game. I know, but so, what did you say earlier about you don't want to be the fool who follows Saban? Right? Yeah, but right. remember, right, but, right. remember exactly. but Dion is at a different level. Yeah. So... When you are a Raheem Morris, you want this job, man. When you're Vrabel, can you wait another year? Yeah, because you've shown that you can be yeah. a decent coach in the league and you took sure. a team to an AFC championship you game. Did. But there's a number of guys, both in college and in pros on staffs, that want to be head coaches. And when these opportunities come up, you don't pass. People take Cleveland. People took Cleveland. People took Detroit. Think about some of the bad. Hell, people took the Raiders forever. Yeah. You just think about bad teams. Guys, look at those opportunities, man. You can't pass. You can't pass on an opportunity like mm -hmm. this if it's there and you haven't done it before. Yeah. And this is your only real opportunity. You run to it. Mm. You absolutely run to it. Right. Michael, you know yeah. this. Everybody, you do too, Skip. When guys are hired, there's not a lot of coaches that are hired that walk into instantly ready-made teams that's coming off a right. Super Bowl win or just missed the Super Bowl and fire their coach and then walk in and the situation is just perfect for them. Hmm. There's no, you don't get those jobs. They're available for a reason because they're not good. Right. Right, right. And, and, and things have happened and situations haven't gone as planned. So now you get an opportunity. That, that's just how that happens, man. But let me, let me tell you something. Why, when I look at this job, why, why, what I think about with this job now, is it, is it a great job? Oh, there are only 32, so all 32 of them are great jobs. Now, but when you look at what job you take, you say, am I going to a bad team? That's one thing. I can go to a bad team because I have an ability to fix a bad team. If I'm going to, am I going to a bad team in a bad organization? That's another thing. You know, I got I to gotta fix a team with a bad organization. I, how hard is that going to be to get the things done that I need to get done to fix that team? You know what I'm saying? So, so New England right now is not a very good football team. We just talked about an all-pro team. They only had one player on that all-pro team, and, and, and his name is Schooler. 
He's a special team player, a free agent from 2022. So nobody okay. that you drafted that we talked about for Cowboys, that you, you don't have anything here. But it is a great organization. It, is, it does have great ownership. Yeah. It's going to bring you an eye gate. And if you turn this around, you can establish yourself as something great. Is it a great job? Is it my most desirable? No. Is it my least desirable? I would probably say yes. Yeah. Because you're, when, when, you find, when you go look for a quarterback, you say, hey, I need a quarterback. But you got to also tell them you're following the quarterback. When you go say, hey, I need a head coach. But you got to also tell them you're following the head coach, and you say, I need you to have a great era, you're following the era. Mm -hmm. your, your, your success is already measured. If you can't go top these things, you can't put us back in championships, we're going to run you out of here real fast. We are impatient in New England because we've been winning so long. So that's why I say for me, it would be the least desirable job. Okay. But it's a good organization. Okay. But think about this. We talked earlier in the show about Dallas had five first-team all-pros picked by the players. Then you point out, Michael, you got a special teamer from New England. <laughs> on paper, I can make the case that while Dallas might be the best team on paper, I can definitely make the case this is the worst team on paper. I think it's worse than Carolina, and that's a shaky situation because of the owner. So wait a second. Mike Vrabel, you want to follow Bill Belichick with a bare cupboard here with no quarterback? Yeah. Okay, I got Robert Kraft, so you got that. And he, it, it's a great organization just because he's a completely absentee owner. He doesn't meddle at all. He just wants to show up on Sunday and sit up in his box with the guest of the day. Maybe it's Keyshawn, right? And Eat and just, sushi yeah, and drink fine sushi. wine. Well, 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 that's what they do, which is great. It's great for the head football coach as long as the head football coach has Tom Brady and he's winning championships. Well, they did win in 2018. It wasn't that long ago they won their last championship. Well, the expectations remain very high in New England. So they, they know Super Bowls, plural, like six of them. So now what? I, I, I don't to, to me, it's it's a scary job. And I, I like Gerard Mayo and I think he could be very good. But I would almost feel sorry for him if he gets elevated into the head coaching job. And now what? Well, you got to yeah. look at it this right. way, Skip. Beside it only being 32 teams, yeah. you already know when you're Gerard yeah. Mayo, the pulse of the right. community and what the expectations like are. And like as long as Mr. Kraft is patient, think about it. They won in 2018. Yep. Tom Brady left in 2019. 19. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. 2019, after that season. After that season. He left. Uh huh. They stayed patient the whole entire way up until this morning. Yeah. So they have the wherewithal, Mr. Kraft, and them to be able to say, we're building, we're building, we're building. They're yep. not anticipating yep. hit the ground running the same as we were in 2018. <laughs> oh. They're trying uh -huh. to rebuild. Oh, it's going to be a while. You know, it might be and it wait, might wait, Let's not say be. this before we go. Right, let's say this. Bill earned, Bill earned this patience. Gerard Mayo hadn't earned that patience. Yeah, you see what I mean? They may not give it to him. But, but, but here's the, 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 the one thing. 
Here's the one thing. Here's the one thing. Vrabel or Mayo, whoever takes the job, if they if they want the job, you got to understand there's something different about going home to coach. You know, by going home to take that opportunity to yeah. bring a championship home, and especially when it's down, like the New England Patriots are right now. If you can bring that up, you'll be gold forever in your hometown. Just yeah. like just like just like Jim is right now over <laughs> in Michigan. He's gold yeah. forever. Yeah, I got it. Okay, up next. Kawhi Leonard signs a huge new three-year extension. How risky was that by the Clippers? No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Back down. Kawhi Leonard signs a three-year, $153 million extension. Michael Irvin, how surprised were you by this? Mm. Well, it's a surprise because I, I know him as a max player talent-wise, but not surprising. Kawhi's happy with where he is. He wants to be home. He's, he has good players around him, and I, he, he's showing that. I guess he, he's in a place where they understand him and he understands them, and he wants to show and he wants to stay there. I, I thought this was a great deal for both sides. Mm. Yeah, great, great deal for both sides. I'm, where would he go? I mean, they're rolling right now. You know, they'll do PG next. I'm sure they'll do James Harden at some point in time. Yeah. Maybe Get the Russ. money to everybody. Yeah. Maybe Russ. Yeah. So you want to stay right where you're at and continue to do the right things. And like Michael said, he's at home. They're building a new arena in Inglewood. So it's just, it's perfect. I mean, so, Duke could play. Hey, he can play. Right now, he has revived himself as a top five player. He is unstoppable mid-range, but he is still on the creakiest of knees, both knees. It's miraculous what they have pulled off getting his knees right for this year. I have been amazed that he has been able to to play as much as he has so far. But you are on some borrowed time with those knees over the next three years. They just need him for their new arena that they're going to move into. I'm bomber. I got plenty of money. This ain't nothing. All right. That is it for today's Undisputed. We're back tomorrow at 930 Eastern. And I can't wait.